Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Good morning, church. Welcome to Crossview Online. We're so thankful to be able to connect today in this way, this morning. Each week, we just want to encourage you to engage together online. There's a great chat function where you can talk to each other, share how the Lord is moving in your heart, even respond to moments of faith as Jesus calls us to faith in himself. Just want to encourage you to engage in that way. It's really fun uh, and meaningful for all of us. You know, for the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at a series of fascinating statements found in the New Testament. These statements both highlight uh, and teach us about how we are to relate to one another. We're going to look at several of the one another statements found in Scripture. Now, these statements have always been important for us as Christians. But in these days, while in quarantine and amid lots of differing opinions in our world today, these one another statements are even more important than ever. Here's the driving question for us over the next five weeks. What does it look like when we relate to each other in a way that represents Jesus the best? We're going to spend some time in that, uh, sitting with that question or trying to answer that question over the next several weeks. And I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, these one another statements are not easy to live out. In fact, they're going to be rather tough for us. But isn't that often the case with Jesus, that his truth leads us to emotional and relational and spiritual change? We are transformed as we follow Jesus. That's what we signed up for uh, in, as we follow Jesus. So we're going to try to do our best to learn and to grow over these next few weeks. Do you know there are around 59 one another statements in the New Testament alone, and they provide the primary instruction for us about how we're to relate to one another as followers of Jesus. These are important statements. These statements not only define for us how we should interact as a community of faith, uh, but it also helps define for us how we're to show others who Jesus is by how we treat people in general. Our question is, can we relate to each other here in our faith family and to others in a way that shows off God to everyone around us? And I want to be clear about something. Our community and our world is watching the people of God right now. They're watching how we'll respond in these days. They're watching uh, how we are going to take loving action for each other and for others, or we'll be known for something else. It's really important, these one another statements, specifically this first one. And I want to I start off our series by laying a foundation um, for the whole thing on one large idea. It's the heartbeat of our series from here on out, and the rest of the weeks to come will be built on this main theme. In fact, this theme um, is one that we focused on quite a lot uh, these past few weeks. The first one, another statement that we're going to look at is that we are to love one another. And like I said, uh, like we've, we've heard a lot about uh, love over these past few weeks, but it's so important that that continues to be a foundation of who we are, how we operate in these days, and it's a foundation for this series uh, as, uh, for the next several weeks. So today we're going to look at a passage from John 13 and then a bit from John 15 to see what Jesus has to say about one of the most significant one another statements in Scripture. 
So as we get into these, I just want to set the stage for us all. These two passages that we're going to look at happen on the last night of Jesus' life on earth. Jesus' teachings here in John 13 and 15 happen in between the Last Supper and the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, what that means is that this is really important stuff. Like we mentioned um, several weeks ago at Easter time, uh, last uh, moments bring last things, and we should pay attention to these things. Uh, this is the last opportunity that Jesus has with his disciples in this way uh, to teach them what it means to be followers. So now if you had one last opportunity to tell someone something before you die, you'd probably want it to be some of your best wisdom, right? Well, that's exactly what Jesus did, and it started at the Last Supper. After Jesus was, uh, after Jesus was betrayed by Judas, uh, Judas left the meal to go turn Jesus into the authorities. Jesus knew at that point that soldiers would be coming to arrest him, uh, and so he took that opportunity to share this lesson which he reiterates later, later on in the book of John. At the dinner table with his disciples, Jesus says this in John 13, starting in verse 33. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love one another, just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Knowing that the end is coming, uh, this is what Jesus tells his disciples, his closest friends. Love one another as I have loved you. There's, uh, there's urgency uh, and importance in what Jesus has to say here. Uh, we can see this urgency just a little bit later in John chapter 14. John 14, starting in verse 28, Jesus says this, Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's get going. So Jesus and his disciples, they stand up and they start walking across a valley that probably would have taken them about 30 to 40 minutes to go across, to walk across. And during that time, it's possible that there were some grapevines in that valley. And so as they walk past these grapevines, Jesus takes that opportunity to, to further explain what life with God is like. And he, he shares that with us in John chapter 15, starting in verse 5. He says this, Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you could do nothing. Jesus tells them, I'm like this vine and you are like these branches. If you branches stay connected with me, the vine, together we will produce a lot of fruit. In other words, it's like in Psalm 1, the tree in Psalm 1, you will be doing what you were made to do. You will be experiencing the life that you were created for. But any branch that is apart from the vine won't live very long. You'll be like dead wood, which is only useful for the fire, Jesus says. So then he's, he wants to clear it up a little bit more. Maybe he wants to put it in a more human way. And so Jesus says this in John 15, starting in verse 9. Remain in my love. 
When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. With one of his last earthly lessons, Jesus emphasizes over and over, love one another just as I have loved you. He could have said anything, right, with his last lesson. But let's try to understand this a little bit better. Jesus tells them, I'm giving you a new commandment. And right away, uh, there's something that's fascinating that we see here in the text. Something incredible that's going on. Jesus commands his followers to love. That means that on some level, love is commandable by God. And if love is commandable by God, then it takes the love that we are supposed to have for each other out of the realm of I'll only love if I feel like it. Jesus isn't asking us to love each other only when we feel like it. He's not giving us a choice. You must love one another, Jesus says. Now, this is hard, and we all know that this is hard because we naturally have this tendency to love only when we feel like we're getting something out of it. It's easy to love when that love is being returned to us, right? But that's not what Jesus told us to do. In fact, that was not how Jesus lived out love in his life on the earth. Jesus had a love for all people, even if that love wasn't reciprocated. And there are lots of stories in scripture where we see this happening in Jesus's life, where Jesus is is loving, but that love isn't reciprocated. Sometimes, When we're relating to each other in a way that represents Jesus the best, we have to follow Jesus's command to love. There's a spiritual maturity in a love that comes from God into our hearts and expresses itself even if we don't like or love the person that we're interacting with. This is the type of love that Jesus calls us to. And this is why Jesus can tell us in places like Matthew 5, 44, But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind to only your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So Jesus says that my followers will be different because they won't just love those who love them. In fact, he says that the world will know that you're my disciples because of how you love other people. This type of love goes beyond how we feel. And so let me ask you this, and maybe you know, this is a hard question, and maybe you know it's coming. How are you doing at loving others right now, especially others who disagree with you? What defines your heart's orientation in these days? Is it a disdain for a particular political approach? Uh, Is it an opinion that you hold about a particular way forward? Or as followers of Jesus being defined by a love that Jesus says to us, this is my command that you love each other the same way that I have loved you, Jesus tells us we don't really have a choice. 
Sometimes we kind of scratch our head when Jesus teaches these things, right? We're like, Jesus, this is hard stuff. Could you have maybe just left that one out? That would be really helpful, right? But we understand that biblical love is the decision to compassionately and righteously seek the well-being of another. Jesus is telling his disciples and you and me that part of what defines you as his, uh, and, and me as his followers is that you love one another you might not always feel like doing so. You might not always like each other, but you must always love one another. So what does this look like? How, what does it look like to relate to each other in a way that represents Jesus the best? Well, it looks like Jesus' true and abiding love that goes beyond even our capacity for liking or loving one another or even agreeing with one another. Think about the situation that Jesus is in as he teaches this, les this lesson. One of his closest friends, Judas, just left to turn him into the authorities. They're going to try to come up with this charge that'll make the Romans want to crucify Jesus, and it works out. Not only that, but right after Jesus commands them to love, we find this, this exchange uh, between Jesus and Peter in John 13, starting in verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Jesus says, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other for uh, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you, can, you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? Peter asked, I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Wow. Jesus is in the midst of the betrayal of his closest friends, and he teaches them, he commands them to love one another. I bet the relational tension that Jesus feels uh, is right now at this, is palpable at this point. It's a hard lesson to teach on this night and at this moment. Church, I think that we can learn from Jesus here. We can empathize with what he's going through, and then we can choose to follow him with all our hearts. Where in your life are you choosing to love only because you're being loved in return? And are we as a church reflecting the type of love that puts Jesus on display because of how we are loving each other and those around us, even those who disagree with us? So how do we do this? How do we love beyond our capacity to do so? Well, that's where John 15 comes in. And I'm sure the disciples are thinking the same thing. Jesus, this is tough. I don't know how we're going to be able to do that. And so Jesus teaches us how in John chapter 15, again, starting in verse 5. He says, Yes, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So how do we love like Jesus? Uh, it takes a close connection between the vine and the branches for it all to work. A branch on its own can last for a short time, but without the life of the vine, it'll wither and die. So uh, how do we love each other the way that Jesus has asked us to? Well, it starts by being connected with the heart of Jesus. When the branch is connected and thriving on the vine, some really amazing stuff happens. The branch will be fruitful in all the right ways. 
And why is that? Because when it comes to the branches producing fruit, the branch doesn't produce fruit on its own, but it gets its life from the vine. One commentator wrote this, you don't mainly imitate or copy, you participate. Your love for each other is not a simulation of Jesus's love, but a manifestation of his love as his love flows from his heart through our heart to those around us. So it starts with this heart to heart connection with Jesus. We start, uh, we remain in him. This is how it works. So when you get angry or when you get frustrated, when you want to lash out at people around you, maybe pause for a moment and picture yourself connected as a branch to the vine, remaining in God's love. Did you know that the word remain means to stay, to abide, to dwell in, to live in, to continue on, to exist in, to persist in? It's this active word and it's beautiful. So do you want to participate in this foundational type of love? Do you want to have the ability to relate to others in a way that represents Jesus the best? Then be a branch connected to the vine. Let God's love pour into you by giving you the capacity to love beyond your ability. It's unity with Jesus that shapes and molds our perspective and our ability to love. This is a theme in the book of John. Jesus says all the time things like, I can do nothing apart from the Father. Even the words that I say are from him. If we can develop habits and perspectives in our life that help us see the world around us with the love that Jesus has, there will be some incredible results in our life, but in the lives of people around them. Remember, this isn't uh, an option. Jesus is commanding this of us while he shows us how it works. In Romans 5, 8, he shows us, he reminds us, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Here's the reason that this is no small thing. The reason why this is not a minor issue is because the effect of this commandment will be the primary way which Jesus gets advertised to a needy world. If you do, if we do this the right way, um, as, as we love one another, we will be part of showing the world what life looks like in God's kingdom and the way of Jesus. And it will be powerful and potent and attractive. Look at what it says in 1 John 2, verses 7 and 8. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one that you've had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived this truth. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and true light is already shining. If we want to be a reflection of the true light in this dark world, a light which causes the darkness to flee, we must love one another differently than the rest of the world around us. And Jesus commands us to do it, and he shows us how to do it. We understand that this is tough to do because it goes beyond our ability, beyond our preferences, beyond our opinions. But it is fueled by the power of God as we are branches connected to the vine, God's love flows from his heart to our heart and out to the world around us. I want to encourage you this week to just spend some time kind of reconnecting to the vine if you need, to let God's love flow through you, to just let go 
of all of those things that might be keeping us from having the perspective that God does for the people that are around us because he has something for you specifically to do this week, whether it's a conversation or a letter or a phone call or something. God has a plan for you this day, this moment, this week. And the only way that we can be his true representatives, lights in a dark place, is if we're like branches connected to the vine, willing to go beyond our capacity to love those around us. Powerful stuff, but we can do it with the help of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, right now, I just pray uh, by the power of your spirit, you just, you you draw us to yourself. You ask us to uh, to stay connected like branches to the vine, and that's what we want to do this week. We understand uh, that the love that you have for people and the world around us goes beyond our ability to do so, especially when we get distracted by this or by that. Our eyes are taken off of you. And maybe we, uh, we get caught up in some of what's going on, but you have a love for people and you call us to be a light in the darkness. So God, I just ask that uh, you touch our hearts deeply, um, that you remind us what it means to uh, interact, uh, to, in, to relate with each other in a way that represents you the best. And the foundation of all of it is that we are to be people who love, who love differently than the world around us. And we need your help to do so. We love you, Jesus, and we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you uh, for joining us today. I just want to, we want to continue to respond to God's leading through uh, a time of worship. So let's worship together. See you this next week.